I'd find it a great help if you would keep your Bibles open at James uh, chapter 1. Uh, as I said before, it's a real privilege uh, to be here. I know some of you, I look forward to meeting those I haven't uh, yet met. Um, if you want to place me, um, so I have a very mongrelized accent now. Um, I was born um, in a little town near Motherwell, near Glasgow, uh, but I've been in different parts of England since then. So where I am at the moment, I am the pastor of a church in Scarborough. Uh, we call it Scarbados. Um, if you have ever been there, that is not because of the reality of how warm it is, but because of our aspirations and our hope that it will be different to what it really is. But if you ever want to come and visit, uh, you can come to Trinity Church uh, in Scarborough when you are on holiday, and we'd love uh, to see you. It's a real privilege to open up God's Word, to have your Bible open. If you have closed it, I think the church Bible page is 1011, and uh, with God's Word open before us, let's pray uh, for the help of God's Spirit so that we are attentive and so that we don't just listen, but so that God would transform us. We want to leave this place different than from what we arrived. So let's pray that God would work in our hearts. Uh, Father, we would thank you for your words. We thank you it is authoritative, clear, and good. And we would pray that we would pay attention to it. And we pray that we see much of the glory and goodness of the Lord Jesus Christ this evening. And we pray for the help of the Spirit to open our eyes again and given uh, us heart desires to live out what we hear for the glory of Christ. Amen. Uh, we know that human words are powerful and human words can achieve impressive results. Uh, we know that a well-crafted speech can motivate and can inspire many people. Many examples of that in operation. Consider the team manager at halftime. They gather the downcast players, speaks to their hearts, and sends them back onto the pitch with a new zeal and confidence to win the prize. If you ever watch the Lionesses play football, you'll know that Serena Wiegmann uh, can do that as she gathers the girls at halftime and sends them back uh, with a new attitude uh, to win the prize. Or consider the politician uh, whose speech connects with the internal dreams and the hopes of a people. Uh, some of you may remember these words, I have a dream. I have a dream that one day on the Red Hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. I have a dream that one day, even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will be judged not by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Wouldn't you love to be able to write a speech like that? Powerful, that connects with the dreams. We could go on from song lyrics to poems, from books to personal conversations. We know that human words make a difference. But here is the conviction that we should have as Christians, we know that human words make a difference, but as Christians, we believe that God's words make a bigger difference, don't we? Because God, the God who made us, the God who runs the universe, is the greatest communicator in the universe. 
And the God who speaks, can you believe it, has written a book. He has preserved his precious words in the book that I am holding. We call it the Bible. And we Christians believe that these words are powerful. Uh, these are the words of God that are exactly what we need to hear. They make sense of our lives. They make sense of love. And they change us for the better, for ourselves, for our families, for our communities, our neighborhoods. And they tell us the truth about what is to come and how we can be prepared, not just for where we will be in five years, 50 years, but where you will be in 5,000 years time. This book gives you the answer. Now tonight I want to show us how the Bible can change our lives forever. And that's going to be relevant to everyone here, whether you are already following Jesus, or maybe you were following Jesus, and maybe tonight is the night you've come back. Or maybe you're not yet a Christian. Maybe you've grown up in a Christian family, but it's not yet real for you in your heart. Or maybe you've just come and maybe you're asking the questions, well, wherever you are spiritually, I am convinced that God in this book has a message for you. If you are someone who wants to live the best life possible now and be prepared for eternity, two truths tonight. We need to listen to God's word. And secondly, we need to live God's word. Now, that's not rocket science, is it? We need to listen to God's word and we've got to live it. So first... Listen to God's word. Verses 19 to 21. If you've got your Bibles open, uh, look at verse 19. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with weak meekness the implanted word which is able to save your soul. Now, I think verse 19 is, is one of those Bible verses that is really easy to misunderstand and misapply. You hear it read out, and our temptation is to assume that he's talking about how we should engage in human conversations. Okay, someone might say, remember, you've got one mouth and two ears. Have you heard that? Maybe you've said that to someone. So remember, you've got to listen twice as much as you speak. Now, that may well be the case, but that isn't what this is talking about. That is a superficial reading of verse 19. It assumes that in verse 19, when it says that everyone should be quick to listen, it's talking about listening to other human beings. But I very much doubt that is what the Bible means at this particular point. You see, in the previous section, just the verse before, verse 18, we are told of his own will, God brought us forth by the word of truth. Okay? That's what it just said before. And then in verse 22, we are told that we are to be doers of the word. Not simply to listen and deceive ourselves, but we are to be doers. So the before and after section, the focus is on God's words. Which means that then when we are told that we are to be quick to listen... Well, what are we to listen to? We're to be quick to listen to the words that God is saying to us. Do you get that? How should we 
listen. That's the vital question. If we are to be listening to God's words as he teaches us in the scripture, how are we to listen? Well, three ways mentioned in these verses. We are to listen eagerly, purely, and humbly. So when God speaks to us in the Bible, first, we are to listen eagerly. You notice that? We are, we are told to be quick to listen. So not simply to listen, but to be on the edge of your seat. Have you had that just when you were excited about something someone's going to tell you? Excited to hear some news, and you kind of just creep forward. It's obviously what all of you are doing now as I speak to you. <laughs> but you're excited. You, you lean forward. Uh, we, are to be, we are to be people who fight the urge to share our invented opinions about who God is and how life is supposed to work. We are to resist the temptation uh, to be angry when God's word is in direct opposition to what we believe and how we want to behave. Instead, what we are to do is to put our way ourselves in the way of the Bible teaching with an eagerness that just far exceeds the excitement of a child when they run down on Christmas morning and just tear off all the paper of their presents. You've seen that, haven't you? You've done that. That is to be us whenever the Word of God is read and proclaimed because this is God's book and He is speaking to us. At our church in Scarborough, I don't know what you do here, but we never tell people who is preaching. I never want people to choose between coming to listen to our associate pastor and me. That would just ruin my confidence all the time. But ultimately, why don't we do it? Because every week, the same preacher is preaching. And do you know who it is? God. Every single week. When the Bible is handled faithfully, God is preaching. Now, God has different accents, depending on who's in the pulpit, but it is God who is speaking to his people. You know how many Anglicans in churches, after the Bible is read, what does the reader of the Bible say? This is the word of the Lord. And how do the people respond? Do you know that? They say, thanks be to God. Now, why does the reader of many Anglican churches around the world say, this is the word of the Lord? Because it is. <laughs> okay, it's not, it's not hard. It is. This is God's book. So when the Bible is read, the reader goes, this is the word of the Lord, because it is. And why should the people of God say, thanks be to God? Because it is amazing. It is amazing that the God who loves us communicates to us, and therefore the people of God, when they hear the word of God, go, wow, this is fantastic. Do you listen eagerly to God's word? Second, uh, we are to listen purely. Uh, see what it says? Uh, we are to be those who put away, verse 21, all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. We're to get rid of all the moral filth and evil that are so prevalent. By God's spirit, we are to do this so that we can listen properly and so the word of God can transform us. Why is that? Because a compromised life seriously hinders our ability to listen to what God is saying in the Bible. And you will know that if you're in a compromised life. 
You just don't want to hear it. Uh, you sometimes see it in churches uh, when people just want to stay at the edge of the church community. They're surrounded by keen Christians, committed Christians who want to live for God's word. They want to pour their heart to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And if that ain't you and you don't want to do it, you want to be a kind of half-hearted Christian who's got one foot in the world and one foot in the church, ultimately what happens is you really don't like hanging out with committed Christians. Because either you've got to join them or you just feel guilty all the time. And the temptation is, subtly, you move to the edge and further and further away. So I want to say to you, if you want to make progress spiritually, we've got to rid ourselves of all that stuff, all that moral compromise, so that with God's help, by His Spirit, covered by the blood of Christ, we will listen properly to God's Word. Otherwise, it's just like having all the defense mechanisms that just shoot down the missiles of God's Word so they don't penetrate deep into our hearts. Third, uh, we are to listen, not just eagerly and purely, but humbly. Or more accurately, if you see it, we are to humbly accept or receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. You see, this goes, goes beyond just hearing what God says. This is about accepting what God says says. But in order to accept the Bible, we need to have the humility that believes, and I know this is hard to believe, okay, but the humility to believe that the infinite God of the universe, who is all-powerful, all-wise, and who created the universe out of nothing, actually knows better than you. I know that's hard to believe, isn't it? (laughs) But isn't it true? What can you create out of nothing? How is your wisdom? How is your power? There is humility. I'm sure you can all think of situations when you've been trying to tell someone, maybe you're trying to train somebody at work or just train somebody in church for a particular skill, and the reality is that you know a lot more information than them. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to train them so that they get better. Ever had that situation where you're trying to gently instruct them but as you try and instruct them, they just interrupt you all the time, but go, ah, but, 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 but. And you want to say, will you please listen? I actually know more than you. And if you humbly listened, you would make great progress. Uh, what is your attitude to the Bible? What's my attitude to the Bible? Are we humble acceptors with keenness of what God says, or do we respond like the child who stubbornly refuses to have the medicine that is good for them? I love the idea, did you see, of the word that is planted, implanted in us. Does that remind you of anything in the Bible, this idea of a word being planted in you? (laughs) Jesus does tell a parable of that, doesn't he? Uh, The parable of the sower, where the sower goes out, and there's one sower, there's one seed, and he scatters out generously, and it falls in four different places, and there's a different... Uh, bit, there's the path, isn't there? Then there's the rocks, and then there's the thorns, and then there's the good soil. And we love to talk about the four different responses, but ultimately, there's only two. There's fruitfulness, and then there's no fruitfulness. And there's three different soils, which ultimately don't produce any fruit. But there's a great soil, and you think, I want to be the good soil. And what's the point of the parable as Jesus says it? He says, if you have ears... Use them. 
Listen to the word of God. And then he says, consider carefully how you hear, because with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. That is, if we want to be that soil that produces great, abundant harvest fruit, we need to be those who keenly listen, accept, and put into practice. That is how we become that fruitful soil. So here's the thing, let's just change the image, okay? I will never really be allowed on a farm uh, around any farm machinery just in case I do myself great harm. But let's just do a bit of farming tonight. As the Bible is taught, the Word of God is being implanted in you. So as I'm teaching the Bible, the Word is, right now, the Word of God is being implanted in you. The question, when you walk out of this building tonight, what soil will you be? And God says, humbly accept the word planted in you, and it will transform your life. Or in the words of verse 21, it will save our souls. Now, that idea of saving your souls, it's got at least a kind of three-dimensional meaning. What does it mean? Uh, first of all, it refers to being saved from the punishment we deserve. That's what we all deserve. We don't deserve to go to heaven, but Jesus has come from heaven to save us by dying on the cross, by shedding his blood. So as we hear the Bible taught, we are being pointed to Jesus as the Savior that we all need. And we're being told, come to him as you are. Give him your life because he's given his life for you and you will be prepared for heaven. Will we humbly accept that message? And when we do, our souls are saved because we are covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. That's the first idea of saving our souls. But the other idea is as we come to Jesus, his word continues to transform us so that our behavior from our hearts just is transformed every moment until we see him face to face. But that transformation only occurs when we hear his word, accept it, and then live it out. And of course, our great desire, and I hope this is your desire, is one day to see Jesus face to face and for him to say, well done, good and faithful servant. I am so pleased to see you home. But as we wait to see him face to face, there are so many distractions, so many distortions of the Christian message. We are pulled in different directions. Will I make it home? Well, the word of God is designed as we keep on hearing how wonderful Jesus is how he is the greatest treasure of all. As we hear that message, until we see him, we accept it. And God uses that word to keep us sticking to Jesus. So, listen to God's word. Second, let's live it out. It's not just listen. Look at verse 22. Uh, Be doers of the words and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. If we want the Word of God to transform us in deep and radical ways, it's not just about listening. We must live it out. Imagine if you were into sport. Some of you may be into sport. Maybe you're into athletics, uh, and maybe you want to be running 100 meters, okay? Maybe you've been identified. Maybe it's school or in later life, and they think, you are quick, but we want to make you better, so you get invited uh, to the, the local club. And you arrive in the first night and there's a coach, there's other people. How are you going to make progress? How are you going to become better? How are you going to be transformed? Well, if you turn up, if you don't even bother turning up to training, 
well, you're not going to make any progress at all. If you turn up the training and you don't listen to the coach, well, you make no progress at all. If you turn up to training, if you listen to the coach, but don't do what the coach says, no difference at all. If you want to be transformed, if you want to improve, then ultimately you turn up, you listen, you trust, and you put in practice. It is not hard. Now, I am not the coach. God is. God made us, God knows us, and he knows how we are to be transformed. So if we want to be different, listen and live it. Or to use the strap line from night trainers, just do it. Uh, What does that mean in practice? Well, think about the Lord's Prayer. Uh, At a certain point in the Lord's Prayer, we say, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, okay? Ever thought about how God's will is done in heaven? I don't know if this is a conversation that ever happens, but maybe God says to the angel Gabriel, I need you to go do this and that over there. Okay, how do you think the angel Gabriel responds? Sorry, a bit busy. Uh, no. Seriously, God? No. How is God's will done in heaven? It is done quickly, fully, and joyfully. So when we pray in the Lord's Prayer, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See what we're praying? As we come to the just do it, as we come to live it out, and if I want to do God's will on earth as it's done in heaven, I will be saying to God, help me do your will fully, joyfully, quickly. That is what it means. Now, in verses 23 to 25, we're presented with that contrast between someone who merely listens with someone who listens and obeys. So verse 23, if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man, has to be a man, doesn't it? A man who looks intently at his natural face in the mirror, for he looks at himself and goes away at once and forgets what he's like. <laughs> it's ridiculous, isn't it? To wake up in the morning and go, hmm, how am I doing? Oh, what, what, do I, what have I got on my face? I've forgotten. No, the point is you are to look. The contrast is what? Verse 25, the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer, but, he, but a doer who acts. They will be blessed in what they do. You see the idea, the difference? Not just a quick glance and you forget, but this is someone who intently looks at God's perfect instructions. This is more like a window than a mirror, isn't it? You look through to see God's perfect instructions. And this is the way of liberty. So often we think that God's instructions are the way of restriction. But no, this is the way of liberty and flourishing and life. And according to the Lord Jesus, it's also the way of protection. Remember what he says at the end of the Sermon on the Mount? Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew, beat against that house, yet it didn't fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came, the streams rose, the wind blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. We're getting used to storms, aren't we? In the north. The thing that struck me about that when Jesus tells that parable is that both of those individuals heard the words of God. It's not that one of them heard and one of them obeyed, 
and the other one didn't hear at all. Both of them heard. But only one of them put them into practice. So as I finish, let me ask you some questions. How is your spiritual progress? It is as quick as you would like. Maybe you're looking into the claims of the Lord Jesus Christ. Or how's that going for you? Are you making progress? Well, it depends. Are you flirting with this? Or are you serious about actively engaging with the truth of Christ? As you follow the Lord Jesus Christ, now, we will not be fully transformed until we see him face to face, but how is our progress? And the questions would be these. Are we listening to scripture? Uh, this is the power of God to change our lives. Do we turn up uh, to understand the scripture? Do we turn up regularly? And when we turn up, do we listen eagerly, purely, and humbly? You see, our listening attitude has a huge impact on our spiritual development. And are we living out the scriptures? You see, we will see more transformation as we trust God and do what he says. Now, please don't understand what I've said. This is not about moral improvement. Uh, this is about knowing Jesus, our Savior, deeply and intimately. And as we know him, it's about becoming more like him from the safety and security of knowing his grace. There is no greater treasure in all the universe than Jesus Christ. So don't miss out now and forever. Let's pray. Why don't you take a moment to reflect on what God has been teaching us, teaching you. How is it that you need to respond? Do you need to say sorry for uh, your attitude to his words? Do you need to repent of some particular sin? Do you need to cry out to him to say, Father, give me more eagerness? Do you want to thank him for how wonderful it is to know Jesus through the Bible? Father, we thank you for your precious words. We pray that they would remain precious to us until we see our Savior Jesus face to face. Amen.